Susul. Hello and welcome to Under the Plum Bob, the podcast about all things related to the EA Maxis series of games called The Sims. We like to avoid the real world by talking about our made-up ones. Uh, we've got kind of a special episode today uh, here on Team Llama. I'm Melissa. I'm Caitlin. And we've got a bit of a hanger on here. He was invited, but um, he, he did promise not to embarrass me, so... Here's my live-in IT guy and boyfriend, Steve. Hello, hello. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, this episode, we're going to talk about the technology behind The Sims, um, a little bit about how you can optimize your system to run The Sims better, some tips and tricks on the equipment you can purchase or plan to purchase once uh, this hellscape of a quarantine is over and we have money again. And you can order stuff and get it within a week and not within a month. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like a nice opportunity to like plot out your your plans for, I don't know, your birthday or the holidays, which seem years and years away. So, Steve, can you tell us a little bit about your like tech background? Sure. Uh, I mean, I've been a, an enthusiast since I was a, a child, I guess. Uh, and I just so happen to have a couple steps along my career path uh, that have contributed to my tech supportability, my PC knowledge. Um, you know, when PC gaming started to get popular, that's where I, I first kind of dove into the hardware world. I had a friend or two that had built computers. Then they just uh, got me on board with that concept. I learned the bits and pieces from them and then basically became self-taught via the internet uh, for the vast majority of my gaming hardware knowledge, you know, building computers, that sort of thing. Um, as far as more formal tech support, uh, after I had left a, an online job as a graphic designer, I kind of stumbled into a job at Best Buy with Geek Squad. Uh, did that for a little bit and actually didn't come back to that until several years later uh, when I came back to a career at Best Buy. Ended up being a Geek Squad supervisor uh, and that didn't really require any more specific uh, qualifications. What it really just exposed me more to is the, 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 the giant spectrum of issues that people have and the sort of issues people run into and really understanding the, the knowledge level of the general public and being able to disseminate information down to them and make it easier for everyone to understand. You're going to find a lot of the answers I give to questions are more more contextual, like trying to help you understand where to make decisions because there's not really a lot of perfect answers. There's going to be a lot of solutions to every problem, if that makes sense. Yeah, there's not necessarily a right answer to, you know, the perfect machine you can use to to run Sims. Oh, by the way, by the way, um, it is correct that you've never actually played a Sims game, right? Uh, I have installed it before and booted it, but I have not spent a lot of time with it. Uh, that is correct. I bet this guy doesn't even know who Bella Goth is. So. <laughs> so we have an actual kind of professional on the show, and it's not it has nothing to do with Sims. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I, it's not my day job anymore. I still hold a part-time job with Best Buy, but I actually run my own uh, media company now uh, called Suburban Media. Um, we do a little bit of uh, everything from video and photo to kind of branding, marketing um, as a very small, but a small team that does very bespoke work 
tailored to small businesses, local bands, that sort of things. So I'm a good mix of the the tech and creative. But uh, once you have a certain foundation in the technical, um, it's it, it, I should say once you have a foundation, if you keep the enthusiasm up like I do, and I stay in the loop, uh, you know, even if it's just via Reddit conversations, uh, it, it's just something that I stay on top of. So I'm not the ultimate authority, but I think uh, I'll be able to give everyone a little bit of a leg up and some context for their tech decisions. Probably better answer than we could have given, which is, I don't know. You could Google it. <laughs> uh, you'll find that is very often the way I get the answer. So, I mean, that's not that's not the worst advice. But you know what you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's important. Yeah, absolutely. First question, how do you feel about Bob Pancakes? Uh, I no. am not put <laughs> in on your spicy meme. Uh. <laughs> oh, boy. What about the Curious Brothers? Do you like the <laughs> how do you feel about alien impregnation? Well, we're throwing him curveballs. Let's keep him in his comfort zone. Like, like how far down the conspiracy rabbit hole we go. And I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> my love language is just brutally making fun of my partner. So, so that's what this entire hour is going to be. So buckle up everybody. So to begin, let's say I'm new to the Sims or I've played it in the past. Um, you know, earlier iterations of the game, but Sims 4 is out and it's the quarantine and it goes on sale. What do I need in my setup in order to run Sims 4? Uh, well, the, the, the basic system requirements for Sims are, are, are pretty low and you're going to find that's kind of a common theme in everything I talk about here. In reality, it, it could run on, on, on virtually anything from the past several years as far as a Windows computer would go. The the basic requirements are a 1.8 gigahertz Intel Core 2 Duo, which is uh, well over a decade old at this point. Um, and similarly with the graphics card requirements, it, the, the, the bare minimum is really bare minimum. The short answer is really if you've bought a Windows computer over the past like five to six years, chances are it's going to run it. Um, obviously, that the, the, the experience in terms of smoothness, graphics quality, uh, and the ability to run tons of mods and stuff like that is going to differ pretty drastically over that hardware spectrum but the basic requirements if you do, if you have just some sort of windows computer uh if it came with windows 10 it almost certainly has more than enough power to play this with a few exceptions there's gonna be a lot of like little uh special configurations that happen to run windows that might not run the sims uh but it, it, it really would be overly tedious to go through and name all those there's just been some weird products that have hit the market over the past couple years that are like really bare bones computers that use special chips and that sort of thing um but uh it, it'd be highly unlikely that that's even uh, a case you're running into but i in the interest of of covering all the bases it's worth mentioning um in a long-winded way i'm telling you that almost anything you have from the past several years is going to run it. Um, and we'll, I'll break down as we go through this a little bit more about individual components and uh, how you can kind of gauge where you want to be. And, and it can run it assuming that's assuming like it's the only thing on the computer. In the interest of context and, and not to break it down too much, but I'm just going to run through the kind of basic compu components of what's going into the computer. Um, I'm going to be referring a lot to uh, a, a website I like to use as a, a rule of thumb for shopping for components or really seeing what your budget allows for uh, component-wise. It's a site called logicalincrements.com. This gives a, a breakdown of... Uh, 
all the parts that would go into a, a full computer build broken down by price tiers. So they start at like as little as $250 all the way up to $5,000 or more. Destitute. The 249 one is labeled destitute. And they're going to jump into it more, but to get back to the point of, you know, the game being able to effectively run on a potato, destitute will run the Sims uh, three and four three? without it. But yeah, absolutely. Well, the, Either of them. Yeah, I mean, three is is three supposed to be like really demanding? Is that the idea? Yes. The more, okay. the more expansions that came out with it, the more it just bought yeah. that game. Down. Sure. Yeah. It'll, this, and that's something you guys know a little bit more than I have. I read through it a little bit, but uh, there's obviously a lot of information over the past, what, like decade and a half since that game's been out. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, I can, you know, obviously any any decision you're making on hardware, if that's the case, you want to err towards uh, something more modern. We'll come back to that, though. I don't want to, to derail too much. Um, so the priority is not necessarily in this order, but uh, based on the list um, I see on LogicalIncrements.com, we've got your, your graphics card, your processor or CPU. Uh, this lists uh, processor cooling fan as an option. Um it's because this is made for gamers and generally they want the higher performance. Most processors come with a basic cooling fan. So if we're talking in the interest of budget, you can ignore that. But on the other hand, you'll also notice they're only about $25. So it's usually worth, worth it. You have motherboard, you have memory, hard drive and solid state drive. It lists those separately. They both accomplish the same thing. And I'm going to touch on that more. That's going to be a big uh, point for improvements to existing computers or, or priorities for new builds especially with a game like Sims. Um, you then have your power supply and a case to put it all in. This is such an interesting site. It's very pretty. It is. It's so beautiful. I actually see this up on your computer all the time, and I've never like really known what it's for. Like I know it's for building computers, but it's it's listed out so in such a user-friendly format. You've got your, your processor, which is kind of the brains of the computer. It does all the major computation for anything that's being done. Um, as far as gaming, that handles most of the behind-the-scenes stuff that isn't actually rendering graphics. Um, so with a game like The Sims, the graphics aren't particularly crazy. I mean, it's relatively low-poly characters and stuff but it's uh, a lot of it and there's a lot of calculation and management going on in the background um and i know this is going to be something we'll talk about more the fact of the matter is the sims games and uh, most of these simulation type games are just not really well optimized and therefore end up being more uh, a processor intensive the reason that sims 3 to my knowledge was so much harder on computers was because it was open world and so you consider in in Sims 4, you've got your processing, you're, you're processing your family, your active household. But in Sims 3, you are also actively processing the entire neighborhood. So when you add your expansion packs and all of your bells and whistles, uh, it got to, to really bog down your system. So when he's talking about optimize, I think it has to do a little bit with that. Like, what are we what are we really focusing on is it what's what you're seeing on screen versus what actions are having to run in the background when i say optimized it, it, i'm not a game designer so i'm not the authority on how to best describe this but uh the the simplest way i would put it would be uh just writing more efficient math problems to solve a problem so with more effective coding and newer tools newer resources they can make things run better on a graphics card. Graphics cards have much more uh, computational power than processors for 
certain applications. And this is getting a little bit deeper than I'm even really comfortable speaking on. But uh, so back in the day, my sister was going to walk me through making a computer because it's at the end of the day, it's cheaper than buying if you usually depending. <laughs> but at the time, I guess something happened with the, the graphics cards and the price just spiked. I think. Yes. Is that still happening? Is that coming down? Uh, It's come down for the most part. I I haven't been in the market as much lately, so I haven't been paying as close attention. Um, The the bigger problem was actually the just stock availability. So everyone was buying them and then price gouging. Um, It was a result of the the Bitcoin and other cryptocurrency boom. Um, Without getting into it too much, essentially, you're having your graphics card produce... uh, You're having your graphics card perform math that's part of a giant system that everyone who is participating contributes to and you're effectively using your computer to convert electricity into a digital currency Uh, i'm not an authority on bitcoin and cryptocurrency so i'd recommend doing some other reading Um, (laughs) but the fact of the matter is graphics cards are the most effective way to do that and it just so happens that some of the best and bang for the buck uh, cards, as well as the most popular cards, were also the best for cryptocurrency mining. So oh. you saw them just being cleaned out of everywhere for months to a year at a time. It's, but as far as I can tell, it's come back in line uh, for the most part. Uh, cryptocurrency, although is still huge, the the boom has slowed down a little bit. Um, there might be some cryptocurrency nerd listening who's like, no, it hasn't. I, I, I don't pay attention to it that much. But the fact of the matter is cards are more affordable again. Cool. Certain games, newer AAA titles, the reason that like certain games that are seem to be way more intensive than others actually run better is just because of more time invested into the tools, the the code, the, the development of these games that uh, they work cl- more closely with companies like NVIDIA and companies like AMD to optimize things for that hardware. So there's not really one answer to, to what makes that happen uh it's a it's a it's a whole machine of different different issues if that makes sense yeah and then a game like you're talking what 2009 the sims 3 came out if i'm reading correctly yep. that was when like in the heart of windows 7 windows 7 was the most common operating system at the time i want to say as far as um computers coming out xp was definitely still massively pre- prevalent yeah everyone liked xp windows 10 wasn't out yet we- but people were stuck with Windows with seven if they bought something new. Yep, and and every a lot of things have tried changed with the way software is optimized to run on hardware since then. So having to force it to run on Windows ten or even eight point one, which I think I read isn't even possible in some cases without major workarounds. Certain things have just changed over the Windows development cycle. That although you have much more powerful hardware nowadays. Basically, anything that's done in the game has to go through a layer of translation to the new operating system. Um, So it's just everything. Although it has a lot more hardware to work with, it has a hard time taking advantage of the hardware because it has to like adapt code and all sorts of things to work on a newer operating system. It's a very layman's way of putting it because, again, it's not something I'm a, a expert on in that regard. But I, as far as I understand it, that'd probably be the best way to explain it. Conceptually, it makes sense to me. Yeah, and I mean, that's all I think anybody really <laughs> needs to understand unless you're a game developer. So what we talk about a lot is sort of the decisions that 
EA and Maxis developers must be making in order to put out the content that they do. A lot of people have complained in the past that, you know, expansion packs don't have enough oomph or don't have the type of content in it that warrants another $9. Maybe we can segue into that conversation, but it's the sort of thing where we do a lot of kind of guessing as to why, why the developers behind the game are piecing out uh, bits of content in the way that they do or not including content or not answering fans, you know, requests and begging for certain pieces of content like uh, horses, for example, he's going to laugh the color wheel. Oh my God. In the Sims three, basically you had a color picker like you would in like any graphic design program where you could select any specific color and apply it to a, article of clothing or a piece of furniture, you know, within your home or hair. Um, And Sims 4 really stripped that away and you have the option of choosing maybe one to five swatches of color. Um, And that's, you know, has caused uproar in the community. But we realize that that has to be due to the fact that it must have been so much processing power, just making the game more complex than it could be. And in taking that away, for four, it allowed, you know, a little bit more of that behind the scenes processing power to be steered towards more important processes. Because the biggest complaint about Sims 3, besides the fact that they look like potatoes and you need custom content in it to make them look, to like make the Sims look nice. By the time people got a couple of expansion packs in, the game crashed. Yeah. And if you had all the expansion packs, it crashed and it crashed. It wouldn't load. The game just didn't work. Yeah, it became impossible to play at a certain point. You know, at at the very least, um, you're talking about these games that have expansions released over the period of, you know, a decade or more in some cases. Four years? How long? Sims 3 was out for five years. Yes. I mean, it's still out, but they have... I'm trying to think the last expansion pack they made was probably about five years. Well, sure. the, The point either way, no matter duration of time when a game has a development cycle and repeat expansions over a certain amount of time uh you're talking about uh who knows how many different uh changeovers and staff go through that that period of time um and you know i'm not going to speak to uh, you know i can't speak to this team specifically but if you just look at general trends in the gaming industry you've got uh teams that are rushed to meet deadlines that are uh not necessarily given the resources they need uh, due to like publishing deadlines and that sort of thing. You got people that just are forced to crank out content um, and either due to um, time constraints in general, like lack of ability to do beta testing or internal testing, you start running into problems that, you know, they just never had release in uh, or you do, you have, you have, problems arise that just never happened during internal testing or beta testing or that sort of thing. And then when you think about it, you're, you've got a game that they're pushing out to people on millions of different hardware configurations over different types of hardware over the past decade or more. And uh, all the different pieces of software uh, and a hardware that are attached to that, the different drivers and all those things, it's, it's, they're always going to run into those sort of issues. Um, It's just a game of controlling that as much as, possible um i mean the amount of different layers that uh go into uh a piece of hardware being able to run and and display the game that you're playing 
which all starts with a rock that we threw lightning into and forced to do math problems. That's what a processor effectively is. Uh, like there's so many different variables. So at any different level of the technical or any different level of the, the, the development cycle, like there's so many different variables that go into developing a game. Uh, it, it's, it's no surprise that they run into issues that got a little bit too much of a, t- a tangent away from what I meant to where, where I meant that to go. But the, the point kind of being, there's a lot of chaos that goes into developing a game and, uh, and even under the best circumstances, there's still a ridiculous amount of technical hurdles to overcome. And then you throw in like political issues and crunch time and, uh, and you know, terrible management or uh, who knows how many different issues during the game development process. For sure. For sure. Um, lightning that we threw into a rock to make it do math problems. I just I I want to have that resonate just for a moment. I've I've heard it put more eloquently and silly sillily sillily more silly than what I just said, but uh, that's no. It's, and it's very interesting because we do we have those discussions about like the reason that that we get the games that we get are due to a lot of factors. Um, but I'm glad we're having these conversations to kind of help solve the mysteries that we often come up with um, when we talk about. The stuff that our games have and it's it's certainly not a problem unique to the sims uh you like you go to any gaming subreddit dedicated to a game on reddit and and, and look at the conversations right now the destiny subreddit is constantly imploding around uh game developer decisions uh, i'm a i'm a long long time world of warcraft player i play classic and retail again currently god help me um <laughs> and the, you know that People who play WoW or follow WoW know exactly what I'm talking about. Caitlin plays WoW Classic debacle and stuff like that. Oh, do you? Okay, yeah. there you go. Um, you know, I obviously know all the the controversy around decisions that have been made uh, since the first expansion, since the since the game was first launched. I mean, it's a constant uphill battle for these developers to give them some credit, um, but also I, I definitely agree that you have a lot of them not listening to fans and that sort of thing. Um, I, I'm I'm a pretty agnostic person in these con- in these conversations. Like I try to be, I, I end up being somewhere in the middle. Um, I, I understand a lot of the constraints and issues that studios and developers have to deal with, and I also think that a lot of the fans deserve what they're asking for in some cases. But on and, and then to give the flip side of both, sometimes the studios are just jerks, and sometimes fans don't know what they want. So uh, it's, you know, it's remarkable that we end up with any uh, awesome usable products at all. I'm nodding like you can visually see. I'm, I'm agreeing <laughs> with you. <laughs> we know what we want. It's horses and spiral staircases. I don't know how many times I have to say this, people. <laughs> I'm not saying you, you two specifically, but I'm saying there's plenty of people out there that don't know what they want. And to use the wow meme, the, the, you, you think you do, but you don't. Listen, Blizzard was wrong on that one, uh, but I've also seen a lot of things. A lot of how many times do you see stupid suggestions from a fan that gets like upvoted on Reddit? There were uh, like everyone's like, "Yeah, that's a great idea," and then the, anyone who comes go, in with any ounce work? of logic, exactly. Yeah, so it's just <laughs> I, I wish I had a better example there. I'd like. I, Everyone has great ideas. Everyone's an idiot. I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I mean, we just to cap this one off, lots of different ideas come and go. Um, do you want these horses? Yes, Vanity, I know you do. Um, do you want these horses and or do you want 
processing issues or a slower game or a clogged up game. And it's not that black and white, absolutely. But it's the sort of thing that we try to have a little bit of empathy and understanding for why why those decisions are made. So it's I like that we're kind of discussing all the different factors it could be. But a spiral staircase would take up one square of the house. <laughs> I know. And then I know. you could... I just... It's okay. It's uh, fine. I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't know the the system of the game enough to speak to the spiral staircase one specifically. In theory, that should be relatively easy. But even yeah. like, say, take something for like the horses, for example. <laughs> the, with the horses, I mean, yeah, of course, you've got someone that has to design a digital asset. It has to then be rigged and animated. Um, but any asset that has to interact with that horse in the game needs to have another variable, another another function added, that sort of thing. So again, I'm not a game developer, but just a, a basic understanding of potentially what could go into that level of uh, of, of coding and or animation. I, there's a lot more than yeah. most people would give credit for, exactly like you said. Yeah, no, good good way to describe it. So jumping back to just the the brief overview of the parts, uh, I'm not going to give the the full lesson on what each individual component does, but the the basics, your your processor does all the computation for the computer and kind of coordinates everything else working together. The motherboard is what all the different components plug into. Your RAM is kind of your, it's random access memory. uh, That's your computer's short-term memory, or think of it like it's attention span. It's how many things are open at one time. Uh, This slightly more technical is uh, it stores all temporary information that the computer needs to recall quickly. Uh, When you turn a computer off, that disappears. So uh, when you hear people say memory, that's 99% of the time referring to RAM. Technically, a hard drive is also memory, um, but that is uh, non-volatile memory, meaning when you turn the computer off, it actually stays. RAM is volatile memory, which means uh, when you turn the computer off, the information's gone. Uh, Not super important, but in case you're curious. Um, So moving on to hard drive specifically, that's where all your your files get stored, all your program information gets installed. Um, Both HDD and SSD are hard drives. Um, Your HDD are your your traditional spinning disk hard drives. Uh, Solid state drives are uh, exactly like they sound. They're all solid uh, memory chips. There's no moving parts to them. Solid state drives are way faster. Uh, There's no waiting for the the drive to spin up, no waiting for it to locate a sector. It's just instantaneous. Um, And there are faster and slower ones uh, depending on on price. Uh, But solid state drives are probably one of the biggest uh, improvements in personal computing and gaming, and gaming especially over the past several years. Um, We'll touch on that a little bit more in a moment. Um, So power supply, pretty self-explanatory. powers everything going into the computer, case stores everything, and then the graphics card is what handles uh, all the the rendering. Um, if, when it comes to gaming, that does all the extra special effects, all the the, the cool stuff, that, all the cool visuals in the game. Um, a, 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 a processor and graphics card actually both do similar things. They just do different types of math, if that makes any sense. Um, And not every computer has a dedicated graphics card or technical term would be a discrete graphics card. Um, Most processors have a built-in graphics chip, and especially in laptops and lower-end computers, uh, they might not have a dedicated graphics card. They're just using the internal graphics on the chip. Um, And then the heatsink fan um, or processor fan, if you're looking at the logical 
increments list like me. You're going to see under certain things, it says stock, which is just the one that comes with it. Um, some of them use a just beefier heatsink and fan. That's what HSF stands for. Uh, and then eventually, as you go down in price, you might start to see uh, liquid ones, which are like all-in-one liquid cooling systems. Um, they're just a higher-end version of the same thing. Um, not always a better performance option, um, but they're at the very least aesthetically cooler. So that's worth points. I was just going to say that I have been told not to put liquids in my computer. (laughs) And I would like to hear your thoughts on the time that I spilled wine inside of my laptop and why that's a problem. It's supposed to stay hydrated. Everything needs water to live, right? Team hydrate. Am I right? Okay. As far as uh, what it takes to put all this stuff together when it comes to compatibility between the different things, um, it, it's not something that we can really cover in a, in a short conversation. What I'm going to do is, is suggest the resources for people who uh, plan on actually going through the process of, of learning all this. Um, I've, I've mentioned Reddit a couple times. I'm definitely a, a Reddit nerd, but r slash build a PC on Reddit uh, has a, a whole wiki worth of resources um, for learning how to put all this stuff together. And they're nice on Reddit. People think people think Reddit is like a cesspool, and it can be. It really can be, but it depends on the subreddits you go to. And I imagine a place that's all about building a PC has a friendlier attitude. Yeah, and that, that's where I, uh, the first couple times I did a build, uh, that's where I got help. Um, they do every, if, if you uh, put together a list of what you're, you're thinking about doing, they, you post it on Reddit, people give you feedback, suggest better options. Um, that's where logical increments actually came from, I believe. That's, uh, or at least where I found it, um. And while you're on Reddit, just perusing uh, the subreddits, you can check out r slash Plumbob podcast uh, to talk about all things related to the EA series Maxis of games called The Sims, but the podcast about that. Anyway, check out our subreddit. I'm starting to post our YouTube videos and our Twitch streams there also. So all things under the Plumbob will be found under that subreddit. r slash Plumbob podcast. Never miss a plug. Like I said, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna jump into the nitty gritty of building computers and all that. I'm just gonna touch on some overall arcing points and and how they would relate to uh, the Sims specifically. Um, but like I said, check out our slash build a PC. They have uh, some videos in the sidebar uh, off the top of my head. I know the the Bitwit channel has uh, some great tutorials and then everything from like Tom's Hardware to Linus Tech Tips. There's a lot of cool stuff out there uh, if you want to dig in, watch some videos, or just do some reading. Uh, on the other subject of Reddit. There's r slash build a PC sales, um, which is just keeping track of part deals and stuff like that. Um, you're going to find, although there's a, a list of, of parts here, um, most parts have different manufacturers that make the parts. So for instance, uh, there's a dozen different motherboard manufacturers that will all make something compatible with the motherboard that... or. They all, they all make something compatible with the processor that you chose. There's going to be some different compatibility concerns, but taking a graphics card, for example, um, like under good, it says a GTX 1660S. The one they link to is a company called Gigabyte, um, but uh, half a dozen different companies or more make NVIDIA graphics cards. When I say an NVIDIA graphics card, NVIDIA designs the actual chips, 
but individual manufacturers put their own cooling solutions and different layouts and designs on the cards themselves. So it's going to differ between brand. You can check reviews and do some reading to see who you think is best. And you're going to notice different, like, uh, different pricing based on different features, different clock speeds, that sort of thing. Another kind of nitty gritty thing that I'm not going to, not going to go through in full detail here, but if you want to read about it, just some, some kind of food for thought in that regard. Um, some other tools that uh, you'll also see suggested on Reddit. Um, there's a, a great, great site called PCPartPicker.com. It was actually created by a guy who is involved in the build a PC community. Um, allows you to put together a build list. It includes like a compatibility check. You can see pricing history. Um, definitely the best tool. Um, I usually use that combined with like build a PC sales when I'm trying to price out a build for someone or if I'm um, camping out for an upgrade or something like that. Um, the combination of those two things, it goes a long, long way. Logical increments isn't meant to be like the final word answer for build list. Um, it just gives you an example of what could work within that price range. By all means, if you want to not have to think about it and buy the stuff on the list, you're welcome to do so. But chances are uh, you can get deals uh, for a similar part that is just incompa- as compatible. Just depends on how much effort you want to put into it. If you have doubts about that, make a post on Reddit. Ask someone you know that that knows how to build. Um, chances are someone in your life has done this before. Um, it's getting more and more prevalent. So to speak to how each individual part is going to apply to the sims um i'll run through them real quick as uh sims as i mentioned before is definitely really processor heavy as uh as far as why i think i mentioned like it's generally more like process uh it's generally more like background process there's a lot going on versus like graphics that need to be rendered um but i think unfortunately the the, the real answer is it, it's just not well optimized there's a lot of features that are built on top of years of other code and stuff like that. You'll hear the term like spaghetti code thrown around a lot. Uh, not only is it processor intensive, um, the Sims is not really well optimized for multi-core performance. So you'll notice a lot of the newer processors, especially AMD processors, tend to have a higher core count. So you get uh, you hit a term dual core and quad core, but now we're getting into hexacore, octacore, and whatever you call twelve core. Um, Although those processors are going to be awesome for running just about anything, including the Sims, um, you're not necessarily going to get a massive performance increase after a certain point. I'd say anything past like uh, the say anything past the mid-range AMD Ryzen processors or the i5 processor from Intel, you're really not going to see a performance increase in something like the Sims. I would say erring on the side of a step up from what might be recommended is always going to be a little bit better. Um, and it'll especially give you some headroom down the road as changes are made, as features are added. And that's going to go with just about any part. Um, so as far as adding a graphics card to it, uh, the built-in graphics chips on newer processors will run it. However, if you're running a lot of expansion packs, you're using a lot of uh, the newer, cooler stuff. They're using better graphics as they release new content. Having a better card is going to make an impact. Um, but for strictly the Sims, honestly, I can't imagine spending more than anything past like the very the good or very good tier if we're referring to logical increments. So that's something like a GTX 1660S or the 1660 Ti, um, really any of those are going to 
uh, more than run uh, the Sims and really anything else on the market. Um, one thing that I'm going to talk about specifically when we're talking about graphics cards is resolution. So that's the actual number of pixels that your your monitor is is rendering. Uh, your your standard nowadays is your your 1080p, which is full HD resolution. If you have an older laptop or an older monitor, that could be 720p or lower. The lower the resolution, the less work the graphics card has to do and vice versa. So if you have a 4K monitor or 4K TV that you're playing on, the game then has to render at 4K, assuming the in-game resolution is set the same. So I don't even know if The Sims will run at 4K, but I presume it will. Um, I, for instance, am running on a a 1440p monitor, which is a step up from 1080. It would be 2K or Ultra HD. Um, You would need a more powerful graphics card to run things just as smoothly. Um, one thing you hear coming into conversation a lot with gaming is stuff like refresh rate and response time on the monitor. Although those are important metrics with a game like The Sims, there's really no performance advantage to um, really fast response times. As far as refresh rate goes, that's like kind of how how smooth the motion's going to be on the screen, assuming that the graphics card can keep up. You'll see the term 60 hertz, 144 hertz or more. I wouldn't get too caught up on it, in it, especially if you're uh, on a budget for a Sims computer. There, you're not going to see any really major performance increase by a faster monitor. It's more meant for like shooters and stuff like that that uh, actually increase your personal performance by having a faster screen. Uh, just wanted to touch on that briefly. There's a lot more that goes into that, but just in case anyone's reading through like building a gaming computer, if you're just pay- playing sim type games, don't worry too much about having a, a particularly high end monitor. Um, obviously nicer monitors are nicer for color reasons and, and, and viewing angle and all that jazz. But as far as response time and refresh rate, don't sweat it too much your best performance in most case with games is going to come from full screen. The reason being that puts that kind of makes the game exclusive. uh, Meaning uh, if you move the mouse, you're going to be restricted to the the game that you have open. Um, And really uh, there's some technical that goes into behind the scenes that I don't know how to explain really well, but essentially uh, all the hardware is going to be more focused on that game that is open. The downside is if you're multitasking, streaming, for example, it becomes a huge pain in the butt to switch between the game and like whatever else you have open. Because in most cases, I believe it's probably the same with Sims. It actually will then fully minimize the game and then you have to open it back up again, which especially on lower end hardware um, can be jarring because the computer kind of has to take a second and and uh, toggle back and forth. Um But if you're just going to be playing the game, you want to maximize performance. Generally, full screen is going to be the best. Um, Though, with that being said, on extremely low-end computers, um, you uh, might not have the ability to play at the full screen resolution, in which case you could play at full screen and set it to a lower resolution. Just know that it's going to look worse. Um, When I say lower resolution, that's literally how many pixels are being rendered. So... 1920 by 1080 that's the using the full resolution of the monitor if you were to drop that to 720 um i think that's uh 67 as many pixels if i'm remembering correctly so that's 67 percent uh as much work that has to be done it's not exactly that but for the sake of explanation um 
the, the the graphics card just has to do less work if the resolution is lower. So you could either full screen at a lower resolution or you can set it to windowed mode and shrink the window um, to a lower resolution so that the computer doesn't have to do as much work. Different hardware is going to do different things more efficiently. So like full screen windowed might run better on certain hardware than uh, full screen would on others. And there's unfortunately not a perfect answer there. It's finding what settings work best for your computer. Um, is there an ability to show your frame rate in the Sims? Yeah, I don't think I have the option to adjust or even really view frame rate. So um, usually that's just going to follow the monitor it's probably set to 60 hertz and it won't give you any other option unless you have a higher end monitor. So um, I, I mentioned refresh rate. That's how um, how quickly the, the frame, how, how frequently the picture changes on the, on the screen. So 60 hertz, um, it, it, 60 times per second, it's going to adjust the picture. Someone's going to catch me stumbling explaining this wrong, but it's for the, for the sake of the conversation, that's what it, that's what it means. Um, the so, so on a 60 hertz screen if you are getting 60 or more frames per second in uh in the game you're going to get like the smoothest motion possible for your configuration so the frame rate of the game is going to be determined by the settings and how well the graphics card is handling them. So when you see the game being choppy, things are jumping around. That means it's, it's uh, at a lower frame rate. Um, you can tell that by installing something like NVIDIA. Uh, it's built in NVIDIA shadow play. If you have an NVIDIA card, you can turn on an option to have it show the frame rate. There's a couple other programs um, that'll just give you an overlay. It'll tell you what your frame rate currently is. Generally, for most games, you want to be aiming for like 60 or more. Anything 30 or more is going to be, you know, playable by most standards. Um, but 60 is just going to look smoother and anything beyond that is just a benefit. For instance, my computer, I have a 144 hertz screen. Um, so I can push if my graphics card is rendering at 144 frames per second or more, I get better performance. So taking a shooting game, for example... If I want the smoothest motion, the most consistent performance, which assuming I'm playing at my best leads to a increase in, in gaming performance overall, I want to make sure that I, my settings are appropriate, that the game is rendering consistently at 144 frames or more. Um, so if I am not getting that smooth frame rate, I want to turn my settings down so it's not as demanding on the graphics card to prioritize getting a smoother frame rate. Now. Some people might not be as concerned about having a high frame rate. They just want the game to look prettier. It's about finding where those priorities are. And those priorities generally start with what hardware you're purchasing. So if you know you're going to be playing Overwatch, Counter-Strike, the new Valorant uh, from Riot, those are like competitive shooter games. Generally, you would probably prioritize having a faster monitor and turning graphics down low enough that your graphics card is going to output the smoothest frame rate, the smoothest motion. Does that make sense? Yes. I know there's a lot of I know there's a lot of pieces that are going into that, um, but it's it, it is all pretty important to the the overall conversation about monitors and graphics cards. Um, I have a wow example. I don't know. Sure. So I was playing on my I had a laptop that I was trying to play my games on, which RIP that laptop. But I couldn't get through a dungeon in WoW 
without it freezing or me being kicked out in some PvP battlegrounds. Like, I would just get punted out for something. I'd be like, I don't know what happened. It dropped me. But when I lowered the graphics, suddenly I was like, oh, this game isn't freezing on me anymore. Oh, I can actually keep up. Okay. Turns out I just suck. It's okay. But... (laughs) Now I know. <laughs> and uh, WoW's got even more options than something like The Sims has. And, and uh, WoW, for example, the, you WoW gets drastically more demanding on the hardware the more people are in the zone. Um, <laughs> and WoW's another one that's not really graphics card optimized yeah. um, because a lot of the performance comes from having all those people in one area, all the spell effects and stuff like that. Obviously, uh, the graphics card's rendering that, but there's a lot of computational going on in the background that results in it being processor intensive and also network intensive because it's an MMO when you're playing online. Um, not that online play uses that much data, but it, it's still another factor in the mix. Having things added in your game and having more of those processes running in the background. Um, and I know a lot of people struggle when uh, custom content comes into play. And so. And mods. So, because I, I guess, like, yeah, because I bet custom content people and mod users might not be thinking, they're thinking about what they want in the game, not necessarily what computers can handle. Right. Yeah. And c- custom content's going to be, it, it, it's inherently chaotic. Like, it, there's no, because you've got people that are developing, they're in some cases, you know, breaking the rules of the game, you know, via some sort of modification to enable their thing to work. And God knows what goes into that, you know, what processes that could be adding on to or replacing. And and these are not usually from professional developers or they're just hobby projects. They're, they're just inherently not going to be well optimized, especially if you're adding custom assets to the game. Um, I obviously don't know the modding community that well. I, but I've been involved in modding community in games like community in games like, uh, uh, well, World of Warcraft, for example, you can consider add-ons in that realm because add- using add-ons increases the amount of system resources that are being used. Right. Um, but I, I definitely played around with mods in the whole Elder Scrolls series, you know, Morrowind, Oblivion, and Skyrim, same sort of thing. You can, you know, Skyrim is a whole nother game. Uh, and then some, if you're familiar with it, like people have developed entire new games like you could take the amount of content in Skyrim, increase it like a thousand fold just based on stuff people have made. Show the Sims is the same way. So I mean, same with, uh, yeah. for Sim- I think Sk- Skyrim and this entire Sims game might be the two most accepted modded games in the game. Not knowing too much, but I feel like they're, uh, it, I would throw it, like something like Gary's mod in there would be the one biggest exception to that. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They're, and if the companies just don't seem to care or they can't fight it. So they're like, okay. Yeah, I mean, when a game like The Sims, it's it's a single-player local game, so you're not dealing with people online, so you're rarely going to see any objection there. It's it's only when it comes to an online play or, or companies really concerned about it. The biggest thing you're going to run into, though, is not getting support if you have issues when you're using something that circumvents their rules or their system, that sort of thing. Like, if you, if you were to go to EA support about a mod, they're going to be like, tough luck, you know? Yeah, and I think I wanted to, to bring it in because it's... It's, as you said, it's inherently chaotic. It's adding assets into the game that the developers didn't necessarily plan for or build for. I think some of the script mods more so than your your custom content, your, you know, cast items, your build items that are usually either like overlays of existing 
pieces in the game or built in some way off of an existing piece of clothing or piece of furniture. Like the that's custom content is on one side of things. I think script mods like your MCCC, um, your uh, base mental, uh, your wicked whims, those are more so changing the dynamics, the, the, God, the, the mechanics of the game um, and adding, adding, adding. But when the mods that are introduced are conflicting with the actual base game, that's when you get issues. And that's why we always say to back up your, your mods folder um, before any patch or update comes through because the mod itself might not speak well with what's in the base game. And when there's conflict, that's what causes your game to crash. Because the patch doesn't care about your mods or your custom nope. content. It yeah. does not. And I guess to give a, a more a, a more tangible answer, like when it comes to additional content, I mean, the more power you can afford in building a computer, the more likely you're going to be able to run everything you're looking to do. The, the, the answer, though, is it's impossible to give an exact answer in terms of those requirements. Because uh, any any of that could change. Always err on the side of more power if uh, if it's if it's important to you. Exactly. Uh, it's going to be the same argument for streaming. Like you're going to have to go. You're going to have to take a step up uh, if that's something. And I'm going to touch on that as we we go down the line with components here. Sure. Yeah. Um, so that was a big kind of leap into a lot of stuff around graphics cards. So to kind of recap that know what resolution you're going to be playing at. So in most cases, that's going to be 1080p and then know, okay, what kind of games am I going to play? If it's just going to be the Sims, you really don't have to worry about a monitor or anything. As far as refresh rate and response time goes, you could really use just about anything. If you're playing other games, that's when I would recommend reading more into gaming monitors or that sort of thing. Reddit's another great resource for that. Uh, I'm not going to jump it any more than we already have into that. Um, but from there, you just got to make sure you buy a graphics card that's going to be able to handle what you want to do. So for Sims, really, for running the base game, you buy a current model processor, anything from like the AMD 3000G, which is a $60 processor. That'll run it. It's not going to do it great, but it's going to run it. Um, it's. Uh, I would be surprised if you don't get at least 30 frames per second, which would be playable on the Sims 4 uh, running on Windows 10, um, assuming you've got, you know, at least four gigabytes of memory and a, a enough hard drive space, anything in theory is going to run it, run the base game. Um, like I said before, for just the Sims, I can't imagine really spending anything more than a like 1650 graphics card or the RX, uh, something like an RX 570 from AMD. It would take forever to get really into the nitty gritty of like all the differences between brands and the where the breakpoints are and that sort of thing. Just know for 1080p gaming, um, one of those budget-friendly cards like the RX 570 or like the 1650, um, those are just current model options. Uh there, there are a couple dozen different cards in the past like five to six years that would all be great options if you have used options. Again, it's just going to be impossible for me to cover every scenario here. Um, you just got to be prepared to do a little bit of research if you're looking to penny pinch and uh, buy used equipment. It's a great option. Just know that you're going to have to do a little bit more legwork to understand exactly what you need uh, and to find the right deal. Um, but it is absolutely doable. Um, so 
mid-range graphics card at most. Um, if you're going to do some streaming, I would consider stepping that up. Um, I might as well say now, if you plan on doing some streaming, um, the more multi-core performance, um, more memory uh, you can pack into your build is going to be better. Um, I'm going to say for most general gaming, uh, something like an i5 or Ryzen 5 middle-of-the-road processor is going to be a great option to play just about anything on the market at 1080p gaming at like smooth frame rates. So i5, Ryzen 5, 8 gigabytes of memory, and then like a 1660 so graphics card, something in that realm is going to be a great like all-around computer that's in like that 650 to $800 range. Like there's going to be a, a lot of options there for just general gaming use. If you plan on doing a ton of streaming, you step that R5 or i5 processor up to the respective i7. You step the memory up to 16 gigabytes and then consider a more powerful graphics card. But honestly, when it comes to streaming, your bigger bang for the buck after that is going to come from like your audio quality, the way you do your webcam and really just honing your craft than it is going to be the hardware. Um, Again, the resources I mentioned, defer to them for more involved conversations regarding that sort of thing. But since I keep alluding to those things, I'm trying to give like a a quick big picture on that. As far as motherboard goes, there's going to be some different levels of features. Like if I take the R5, which stands for Ryzen 5 2600X processor, which is actually um, the, the little brother to what I use. I have the 2700X. That's the last generation, but still a great deal AMD processor. There's going to be like two different levels of motherboard for that. There's like a B450 motherboard and then an X470 motherboard. Those just refer to the features of the motherboard. They're uh, different chipsets. The higher end boards support features like overclocking or some really advanced stuff that the average gamer and chances are someone that's just playing The Sims isn't going to be concerned about. But just to give some context uh, for what's being listed here, if you're referring to logical increments like I am. there's going to be a lot of great uh, budget options for that. Um, the only features to really look out for are things like if, if you have a bunch of extra hard drives, um, Wi-Fi being a big one, um, that's going to be that's going to determine your computer's ability to have Wi-Fi. If you don't want to buy an additional Wi-Fi card that could be built into the motherboard, um, there's a lot of different features that go into a board that, again, not going to have a lot of time to go through here. Um, but uh, there's a million different videos and guides out there on how to do it. Uh, memory, you're going to see, uh, a minimum of four, uh, is, is needed for the Sims four, but with the price of memory nowadays, even if you're buying a more, more budget build, you're probably talking a difference of about $10 to get into eight gigabytes. Uh, you'd be crazy to not go at least eight, eight gigabytes. DDR4 memory just refers to the current generation of, uh, of memory. Um, you're going to notice there's different speeds and stuff in different kits. Chances are, if you buy anything that's marketed as a gaming kit, it's going to be fast enough for something like the Sims. Um, it's another one you can dig into learning the difference about on any of these things you google that you google something like hey what does ram speed mean you're going to get so many uh different explanations that it's uh it'd be crazy for me to go through uh each individual thing here hard drive is one i wanted to really touch on because that's going to be something that could really improve your sims performance this could both either be a consideration when building a new computer or if you're considering making an upgrade on your own computer it's something that can make a huge difference like i said hdd which if you have an older computer is chances are what you're using or if you have uh something that was a little less expensive and more recent probably also still has one of those in it um 
solid state drives are, are are the new hotness. They're a massive improvement in uh, in speed over the traditional drive. So what do I mean by speed? Anytime you're launching a program or loading something in a game, uh, if that information is installed on a traditional hard drive, it's slower to come up. It has to actually locate that sector on the drive. The, the connection speed to the motherboard is a slower connection. Um, solid state drive and always is faster. There's a bunch of different uh, levels of solid state drive in terms of the, the different technologies in play. Different brands do things a little bit differently. Even a budget solid state drive is going to blow away the speeds of even the better traditional hard drives. So the downside being they are generally less capacity for the price than a traditional hard drive. So if you're looking at my logical increments list, even at the the entry level, you're going to see hard drives start at about 500 gigabytes to a terabyte. The only reason 500 is even on there is for a really budget option. One terabyte hard drives are on sale for well under 50 bucks all the time. Uh, it is still recommended that you pick one of those up for like your massive storage, like files and that sort of stuff, stuff that doesn't need performance because you can just uh, throw all that stuff on one of those drives. You can have multiple drives in the computer, if that wasn't obvious. Um, your solid state drive would be where you install Windows and where you install all your games uh, if you're building a new computer. Um, that way, when you launch The Sims, not only is it going to boot up the game faster, but loading all your custom content and that sort of thing is going to be drastically quicker loading off of a solid state drive. And I, I actually did that for Melissa's computer, uh, well, I guess, last year for Christmas, I think it's been at this point. And uh, I think you can attest to a, a speed increase there. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, for people who are looking to do an upgrade, it is possible to add a solid state drive to anything from a laptop to a tower. There's just different levels of involvement um, and level of technical ability needed to achieve that process. You could, in theory, replace the main drive in your computer with a solid state drive, but that would in- entail... Uh, anything from cloning the drive, like making an exact copy of all the data on your existing drive to this one and then replacing it, or you could just wipe everything, reinstall Windows on the new drive and start from scratch. Um, there's a couple different methods that would be something uh, I would recommend, you know, either um, doing a lot of research about before and making sure you back up anything that you're concerned about, which should be a rule anyway, but in this case, it's worth preaching. If you're considering replacing, adding a hard drive, any of that jazz, before you do anything, make a backup of anything that's important. If you're not confident in how to do that, pay a professional. You can pay a professional to do solid state drive replacement in general. Uh, I know firsthand that your local Best Buy probably does it post-quarantine. They're not doing it right now, um, but it is possible. Um, I cannot overstate how good of an improvement solid state drive is. Um, Almost... uh, almost more important than just about anything else in these nowadays. Some people might vehemently disagree with me, but in terms of overall quality of life on a Windows 10 machine, solid state drives are going to be the biggest bang for the buck, uh, hands down, in my opinion. Windows 10 runs like a dog on traditional hard drives, especially on cheaper laptops. Like if you're out there buying it, trying to find a budget laptop for like schoolwork or something like that, first of all, if you only need to do web browsing, I'd say get a Chromebook. But uh, if you're buying a, a Windows laptop, whether it's for gaming or otherwise, buy something with a solid state drive, ideally something that has both if you need the extra space. But a solid state drive will be one of the biggest quality of life decisions you can make. Uh, if you disagree, uh, we can fight, but... <laughs> 
I, I, I will stand by that decision. A couple of years ago, you would see it on the internet, people mentioning it as a definitely the luxury option, but they come down in price that for, you know, on sale for like less than 40 bucks, you can have like even a small one that you can keep Windows and a game or two on. Massive improvement in quality. I would not pass that up if I was building a new computer today or if I was buying a pre-built computer nowadays. So on pre-builds, I mean... That's what I have. Pre-builds are a perfectly viable option. Just know... Just know the risks the risks uh, of doing so. So, for example, if you were to walk into a Walmart, Best Buy, a Target, they sell a lot of brands and in some cases, some really great deals. So you'll notice... Back um, to school day deals. Back to school day time. Exactly. Same thing around Christmas and that sort of stuff. Um I'm not the authority on which brands are best. I can speak. I can. Uh, I have some experience with iBuyPower, CyberPower. Um, I can speak really highly of uh, companies like Main Gear PC, and then there's also uh, like at the high end, there's companies like Fapin Northwest that'll do custom built stuff. And I, I, I'm kind of. I, sh- I should separate. There's a difference between like stuff you go buy off the shelf at a retail store, or there's also sites that will just build it online and send it to you. Um, both are equally as valid. I think you tend to see better deals on pre-built in the store because every once in a while you'll get like a clearance item or something that's just a big sale. Um, the risks involved are one, like, um, if you don't know how to like reinstall windows, a lot of times those come with, at the very least, they've got some bloatware on them. Like just other, uh, they just have the pre-configured software that came from the manufacturer, most gaming companies are pretty clean. They don't really put much on there. Um, but honestly, in a lot of cases with pre-built machines I've seen, they just tend to have issues uh, with like how Windows was installed or Windows wasn't installed. Happens a lot with pre-built machines. Uh, if you run into an issue with a pre-built machine, now if it happens immediately, generally that's covered by a manufacturer warranty. Just take it back. If you're still within return policy, take it back to wherever you bought it from. But beyond that, you know, some of those companies will have a limited warranty on it, but, but sometimes you either need to to purchase an extended warranty or sometimes it's not even an option. And then if you don't know how to troubleshoot it, you're then trying to take it to a third party place or find a friend that could fix it, that sort of thing. Sometimes at the end of the day, you might, it might be worth the effort of learning how to do it yourself. It just depends on where your priorities are. As someone who never buys the warranty because I'm cheap, uh, do you think the warranty is worth it? Or does that, that probably depends on your, it depends on where it's from. I would do your own research in, in any case. Um, listen, I, I can speak to uh, my own day job and having worked with work for Best Buy. Like, uh, it, it's it's a great option if you can afford it. Um, generally, it's going to cover everything from uh, hardware defects, accidental damage. So you just got to know yourself, know your purchasing habits, know your financial capability and, and make that decision yourself. Uh, I'm pretty agnostic on extended warranties. What computer do I bought a pre one? I, Cause I, like I said, I was going to be a part of building this computer, but then it got too expensive at the time. I have a, something called a power spec. Not familiar with that specific brand, but there's like a bunch of those that are just like ones that crop up everywhere. If like, um, if you research some of the different pre-built brands, you'll find out who's kind of using the better parts and such. Most of the big pre-built companies will, uh, pre-built gaming companies specifically. So that's like the ones I just mentioned, like iBuyPower, CyberPower. I'm not necessarily endorsing any of these specifically, though I will say the one I mentioned, Main Gear, I've worked with those guys uh, in some esports stuff I did. They make some pretty cool stuff. Uh, no complaints there, so I'll happily endorse them. 
um, but like all these other ones, um, certain ones will use like the same parts you and me would buy off the shelf, like uh, as far as motherboards, graphics cards, that sort of thing. However, your Dells and your H, uh, your Dells, your HP. So like Dell, Dell, had, Dell owns Alienware. In case you weren't aware, oh, Alienware is a Dell product. Yeah, it, they've owned them for I think over a decade at this point. They used to be standalone. Dell suck. Um, I hate Dell. Uh, Dell, as far uh, listen, as far as like computer brands, everyone just hates whatever they grew up with. Like, oh, that's true. We did have a Dell, a computer, not a singer. There's valid points to all of them. In my opinion, Dell's actually one of the more consistent ones as far as warranties and stuff like that. Uh, but Alienware, in my opinion, tends to be a little bit too overpriced. They're expensive. They tend to overvalue themselves compared to the competition. They look fancy as shit, but they're so expensive. They use proprietary parts. Um, so it's just a motherboard that they have mass manufactured for their products with the bare minimum features. The power supplies are built to spec, so they're enough power to run the exact configuration that that computer comes with, not necessarily going to support an upgrade. Um, and in some cases, parts just straight up won't be compatible because they do, uh, you know, they do uh, user unfriendly things to their configurations that make it harder to upgrade. That's not a one size fits all answer, but generally you're going to run into issues if you want to upgrade, want to upgrade something like an HP Omen or a Dell Alienware computer. That doesn't mean they're not necessarily a good deal in some cases. Like if you get an awesome configuration at a great price and you have no intention of ever doing any upgrades in something yourself, you just want to buy a new one when that gets old. It's not necessarily a bad option. Um, just know the the risks of doing so. To kind of give a summary of, of what I've discussed so far, for general Sims 4 play, uh, if we're looking at logicalincrements.com as a reference point, if I were building a computer for that and, you know, a little bit of other light gaming, I would absolutely aim for something between like the the modest tier and the good tier, like something in like that four to $700 range gets you a lot of flexibility, both in regards to what it can handle right now and what your upgrade path looks like if you want to add more power down the road, you know, upgrading a graphics card, having room to add more memory, that sort of thing, because you'll have a motherboard that can handle at least 16 gigs of memory or more. You'll have a processor that's not going to be irrelevant in six months and a graphics card that can handle almost every game on the market at like mid range settings at 1080p. Uh, so that's going to be something like a, a Ryzen 5 or an i5 processor, a relatively budget-friendly graphics card, meaning like $150 or less, uh, and a motherboard that's feature-loaded, about 8 gigs of memory. Like I said, I highly recommend spending the little extra for 8. If you see yourself being a big multitasker, you might want to consider 16 gigs. You definitely want a solid-state drive. And then as far as the other parts go, stuff like a processor fan, a case, power supply, um, those are things you want to read into about compatibility to make sure you get what you need. Um, the only one I'll really touch on real quick is as far as power supply goes, absolutely prioritize quality on that component. If a power supply goes down, you could take out everything else on the computer with it. Don't mean to be scare tactics about it, just uh, in the interest of, of giving the best advice possible. That's the only thing I'm going to mention there. Cases and processor fans, there's a lot of like uh, personal taste choices and that sort of thing. 
Now, at the absolute budget end, yes, you could get away with playing the base model Sims on a $250 computer if you wanted. Uh, I would not recommend it. It's not going to be a great gaming experience. You're going to be essentially playing on like an entry-level family desktop computer that you picked off the shelf at Walmart. Does that mean it's not going to play it? No, but uh, just be aware that it's really not going to last you very long in terms of what it can keep up with. Uh, But if you're determined to get playing the game, it'll absolutely do it. To touch on Sims 3 real quick, um, as we've discussed, it's a little bit weird with playing that on Windows 10 when it was developed for an older system. Um, You're going to see there's a lot of quirkiness with playing any older game on modern hardware to a point. Like I said, a lot of things have changed. The architecture of processors, the number of cores that get, util- get utilized. There's a million different drivers that go into uh, the different pieces of hardware and the way they interact with games, the way the game interacts with Windows. So like running Sims 3, your best chance is just to throw more power at it. If I had to guess, your better single core performance processors are going to do better. Meaning a quad core processor with a higher clock speed is probably gonna play something like the sims 3 better than like a six or eight core would uh because one the sims isn't going to take advantage of all those cores and two the single core performance is actually a little bit lower in that regard um so without having done any actual testing myself just my my opinion uh as an outsider reading about it that seems to be your best chance Um, So really just brute forcing it with whatever extra power you can probably is going to stand the best chance. One thing I didn't really think about when we were talking about it earlier was uh, coming back to resolution. um, Not everyone had a 1080p computer for the Sims 3 when it came out like that, that 1080p is only just now becoming a more consistent standard. And for people going, Oh, well, what about 4k? Everything's 4k now. Yeah. You can buy 4k TVs. Everything is 4k, but content and uh, gaming ability is still in the 1080p realm. God, can you imagine those potato faces (laughs) in 4k? Mm, No, I don't want it. No, I I don't want it. it. I reject that game. Sorry. Ava. So everything from like the interface of the game, like it wasn't really designed expecting people to play it at these higher resolutions and it certainly wasn't optimized for it. I have a 1080 Ti in my computer and I play at 1440p, which is relatively high end for I'd say last generation. Um, And like a lot of games, like even though that's some of the better hardware on the market, uh, you you won't see consistently high frame rates just because the game's not optimized well for it. And I'm talking like newer, really optimized AAA titles, let alone a game from 10 years ago that wasn't really optimized at the time and now trying to run it on newer hardware. There's just a lot of variables. The The best chance seems to be high-speed, single-core performance processors, um, which uh, are going to be your, your, your i5s and your... Ryzen 5s versus the the higher-end multi-core processors. Well, that was a language that I did not understand, (laughs) but I appreciate. I know there's a lot of word vomit that came out here, especially just the the way the conversation went. And I threw a lot of information out at people. um, And I know there's going to be a lot of people saying I was going a mile a minute, and I still am. Um, But let us know what you think, and I can break it back down, and we'll touch on it more. His brain is at a very high processing rate at all times. Um, That's not to say he's smart. He's just not very optimized. (laughs) Did I get that right? (laughs) Sure. Yes. I think the reality of it is we all want 
perfect, beautiful, wonderful machines. But that's not the reality for everyone. And I would love to provide some uh, advice for those who aren't even ready to take that step at a $250 computer. So, um, or, or can't right now, or, you know, have to wait for Christmas or Hanukkah or Winterfest to make that happen. The, the fact of the matter is going to be, uh, on people who are, who are working with what they got, um, any upgrades that may be able to be done are going to rely on probably previous generation hardware that's compatible with what they have, or just a level of technical ability that, um, they might have to be prepared to to do some research and really put some effort into it. Not saying it's impossible. Um, on the other side of that, that's where I'd like to touch on some of the the software side of things and, and uh, best practices just to keep Windows optimized for gaming um, and just some general tech help that'll uh, help you get on track if your computer's just bogged down in general and what you can do. Yeah, I would not hate uh, some more content on that. I think that would make a lot of sense. The answers are already out there, written way better than I'm ever going to say. If you want to be proactive and and get the answers now, the communities like Reddit are are really just Googling any questions you have uh, are going to be your best friend. And the the subreddit r slash the sims is also with an s at the end is also a good place to go to because this question gets asked a lot there also and they tend to have answers of mainly it's just like i use this this is my computer and people sending each other links if you are the type of person who wants to do the research and learn more about this there are as steve said a lot of resources out on the interwebs coming up next in the Under the Plumb Bob world. Uh, we've got episodes from Team Cowplant and Team Llama. Uh, Team Cowplant's going to touch on a sort of niche favorite that not everybody is aware of in the Sims universe, Sims Medieval. You know, a nice fantasy escape. I think that goes with, it's not an expansion pack for Sims 3, but it was released around that time and it's actually its own separate game. Yes. Am I correct? Correct. And you don't need Sims 3 to play it. Mm-hmm. You can just buy the Sims Medieval base pack. <laughs> yeah. And if I recall correctly, it's kind of more quest-based and you navigate your character around this medieval uh, situation. That's not the word. I don't. I I own it. I never played it. It is my friend Kenzie's favorite Sims thing. So I think that's why I purchased it, but then I never opened the game. <laughs> yeah, Everyone I know who has played it loves it. Um, and I was telling you this before we started recording. My sweet, sweet mother bought me the Pirates and Peasants Medieval expansion pack. So Medieval oh. something and it has its own expansion pack. I think that's what it's called. It was Pirates and something. Um, an expansion pack, but I didn't have the medieval base game, so I couldn't play it. So I have, that is my only reach into the Sims medieval world. I do wonder, because uh, this is slightly off topic and we know we're out of no. time, but Sims 2 had the life stories and Sims 3 kind of had Sims medieval. I wonder if they'll do something like that for Sims 4. Probably not. Well, they did tease in their upcoming um you know, year out, six months out plan that they were planning on doing something they've never done before. So, I mean, they said a lot of words. They did. And not a lot of content. (laughs) Exactly. A lot of, a lot of words, not a lot of truth. (laughs) A lot of stuff could happen soon. Uh Yep. (laughs) First, 
as I said last time, first there's spring, then summer. And what? after that, you bet there's fall. Oh my there God. There it is. Oh my you better God. What believe happens it. after? I'm sure we're done after fall, right? Like that's, we're done. Oh, no. <gasps> what? I think so. But oh. there's winter after oh. that. Oh my God. You're spoil us for seasons. Oh my goodness. Just, just check out EA's latest, uh, probably maybe not latest at this point, but their recent blog post about like the next six months, what it's going to look like. It was um, colorful, but very vague and non-informative. It looks like they cut stuff out from their other posters and like things <laughs> and put them on that thing. I bet by now they've actually said something that they're releasing and people are losing their shit and it's amazing. And we're just <laughs> hope so. Hey, I hope so. We could uh, use and we're all excited about this expansion pack. Word. Yeah, that'd be nice. We, we need some joy in the time of quarantine. Uh, speaking of, of dark and desolate times, uh, next Llama episode, we'll be telling you a tale of the legend of Princess Cordelia of Thebe. Who's this, you may ask? You'll find out soon. We'll find out so much. <laughs> yeah, pages and pages of the sims wiki copy and paste it into our script <laughs> and then reformatted for better reading purposes mm-hmm. uh, i will say this is the one thing that's sims 4 isn't detailed hidden hidden there's hidden detail yes yes that you no can, one would think to look for <laughs> there's story it's just deep 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 in there it's it's you know little yeah. easter eggs so it, we'll we'll give that to sims 4 you know as a little all right, I see you. Cordelia's there. Don't you worry. Cordelia's That's got right. you. Cordelia's sitting next to me on a chair curled up. That's my cat's name also. Oh, Zara finally took a nap. <laughs> what is your cat's name? Zara. Oh, I thought you said Balthazar. I was oh. like, wow. <laughs> That's impressive. Oh, you know Satan, my cat. <laughs> hey. <laughs> to each their own. Laura from Facebook recommended us on our facebook page she says love it super informative funny feels like playing the sims with friends keep up the excellent work and she used exclamation points not just periods laura Laura, you're the bomb thank you for your expressive punctuation and for your recommendation of us we appreciate it all right i'm gonna try to do our social media plugs as fast as steve talks normally should i try it Deep. Just do the inhale and don't lose. I'm learning from from some. I'm watching way too many like vocal coaches because I'm bored. Mm-hmm. Don't lose all the air on the first word. You gotta keep the breath going. Deep choral breaths. Did you watch the uh, the Disney sing along with Kristen Chenoweth as our vocal coach? No. If you can catch it, it's. It, I mean, you might need cable to see it, but it was on ABC and. Oh, maybe like it's this- on Hulu. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you were telling me you are a fan of, of Mr. Evans. Yeah, I did look uh, up that specific video. That is that is something that I watched. But it's so delightful because our dear, dear Kristen Chenoweth of Broadway Glinda. fame, of Glinda of Wicked of Broadway fame, she, um, she pops in here and there for like quick vocal tips, oh. which is hysterical. Um, Cause you're at home doing a sing-along, but she's like, and, and remember to use your diaphragm. Just, just that was like a really good Christian conversation. Yeah, I just surprised you, myself. Can you hit her note? The note Always. that she just pops into, like it's so easy. 
well, she does it in the in the little tips That's segment. What? She just like hits a, a high whatever and like comes back. She's like, sorry about that. Just had to get it out of my system. You're like, oh, Kristen, you're the best. I feel like she just um, wakes up, does that note and goes on with her day. <laughs> just got to expel the notes. All right. Deep coral breaths. And you can find us on social media as Plumbob Cast on Instagram and Twitter, Plumbob Podcast on Reddit. We are under the Plumbob Podcast on Facebook and Tumblr, and our website is underthepplumbob.com. There's a contact form there where you can reach out to us, or you can email us directly at underthepplumbobpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on both YouTube and Twitch if you search Under the Plumbob Podcast. We have these weekly Twitch streams. One of them's on Friday night. Um usually featuring Melly doing some non-Sims content, but always having a great time and a great drink. Uh, we also are featured on Saturdays at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time, U.S., playing The Sims. Um, and on the last Saturday of every month, we switch it up a little bit and do a different game. You just said Planet Zoo today. I did. We recorded today, and I finally finished the Tiny Living Tiny Zoo uh, series. Uh, and if you're a fan of Tiger King, check it out because we talk about Carol Baskin. Killed her husband, whacked him. I she's love a it. cheetah. Spoiler. She's cheetah. Carol the cheetah. She lives next to Joe Exotic, the Siberian tiger. Um, ba, 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 ba. Think of the babies. Well, think of her. the babies. Why am I thinking of the babies? I don't know. Oh, baby tigers. I, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't I make me think of them <laughs> i still haven't seen the i need to watch it oh, you do you really do it's so good our simizens are our favorite people they're yes, our they subscribers are. to patreon we love them uh one of them dom who is nerdy dude 247 on twitter he runs our uh tumblr under dash the dash console uh it provides some really great content on the Sims as played on console, which for this hardware episode, we really didn't touch on console at all. That's because my boyfriend's a PC guy. Um, maybe that's where some of my uh, elitist <laughs> attitudes come from. There's a source. We found There's it. There's a source. Yep. We, we dug in deep. Dom, I'll just pre-apologize to you. We love you. Um, you can subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Google Play, Pandora, uh, all kinds of places, Google us um, and just tell your friends nice things about us because we're giving you all of this love and we just want you to put it back out in the world. Um, but don't do it in person. Just do it digitally. Wash your hands. Or just um, open your door and shout it outside. That mm-hmm, that's too. good. My mom sent me a video today of this whole neighborhood in Canada doing an outdoor Zumba class. <gasps> Everyone like just stood on their porches or like in the road and followed this one guy who was like in the middle of the road and everybody like was watching him and the music was really loud and it was really nice. There's a place near me, a city in near Detroit of suburb of that's been dressing up in like those dinosaur costumes, those inflatable uh-huh. dinosaurs and doing like, there's like a bunch of them in a line and they're just walking around the block. That sounds fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's the- so have you ordered yours yet to join them? No, not yet. Cause <laughs> they won't get here for like two months. True. It'll be over. Hashtag new normal Ferndale. (laughs) Word. Being that these are hard times, we totally understand if you cannot become a part of our Patreon or Or check out our merch. But if you want to like get a wish list going for when we eventually come out of these 
madness of, of a situation, um, check us out uh, under the plumbob.com is where you can find pretty much everything about us. So we want to give big thanks to um, the writing and the research team for this episode, which was largely Caitlin, myself and Steve. Mm -hmm. Thank you again for joining us, Steve. Um, Steve, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Uh, nothing crazy. You can follow my company, uh, Suburban Media. We are at Suburban Media on Instagram or suburbanmedia.org. Uh, we do a lot of local business work, but uh, we do a lot of web-based content as well. So if you have uh, anything from like a podcast to a web series or a product or a business you want to promote, and there's some way I can lend any sort of creative video or editing services, be happy to do so. Or if you just want to check out some of the cool stuff we do, we do like the music videos, stuff like that uh, at suburban media or at the Steve Mathis is my personal Instagram. Come check us out. Uh, we will have sources in the show notes, but shout out to logical increments has been, has brought to his, not sponsoring this podcast, but it's a real pretty website. It's very informative. It is. It's just so nicely laid out. We love a, a great visual on our audio medium. It's rainbow um, and pastels. Like, yeah. What else do you need? Were you missing your color picker from Sims 3? Here it is. Logicalincrements.com. And also technical hardware for your computer. <laughs> Exactly. Um, the EA help site also provided a lot of uh, content for this episode. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't thank Carl just because. Thank you, Carl. Carl. Um, hi, Tim from Seattle-ish. Oh uh, finally, thank you all for listening. Um, be sure to continue to stay safe and stay inside. Wash your hands a whole lot. Um, don't binge watch too much. Take care of yourself. If you're playing right now, save your game. Save it. Uh, back up your files. We definitely talked about that today. Back up your files if you can before a patch comes through. Um, yeah. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, it's time to go back to the real world, or in my case, my island on Animal Crossing. So we love you. Stay safe. Bye. 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 Dag dag.